0: Well, good morning, church. Thank you for being here today, and good morning to those of you who are tuning in online. Thank you for doing that as well. I'm really glad that you're here today because we're starting a brand new series today, and I'm very excited about it, and this new series is going to focus on the names of God. There are three primary names for God in the Bible, primary names. Those are Elohim, Jehovah, and Adonai. But there are probably at least 70 compound names for God in the Bible. Names like Jehovah Jireh and El Shaddai. So the question would be, why are there so many names for God? And I think the answer would be for the same reason that you have a lot of names. Each name that you have identifies something about you, right? That, that particular name identifies something about you. For example, in some context, you are known as Mr. or Mrs. So-and-so. And that identifies something about you, and it identifies something about your relationship with that person. Uh, it perhaps identifies your marital status as well. And so, names identify ourselves. People at work, they may refer to you as a t- by your title, or maybe they refer to you by your personal or your first name. But the, those names that they use at work give us information about you. People who know you more personally may know you by a nickname. I'm not going to tell you what mine are, but you probably have some too. Uh, if you have children, they know you by another name. Your name to them is either mom or daddy or something like that. And if you're blessed to have grandkids, you have a special name that they've given you, right? Mine is Papa. The two wonderful kids in the whole world. They call me Papa. Or if you're married, your spouse has a name for you as well. Your spouse, there's only one person in the world that calls me dear. Unless there's some southern lady at a restaurant, you know. Just, what would you like, dear? You know, but normally there's only one person that calls me dear or honey or sweetheart or babe or honey bunny. She doesn't really use that. I just threw that in there. But names are important because names mean self-revelation. You share something about yourself through your name. And it is a means of identification. People who know you know your name. Names matter. That is especially true in relation to God. Names matter. In the Bible, God reveals Himself to us through His names. In the Bible, God helps us understand who He is through various names. And each of His names that we're going to be looking at in this series is is another facet of God's multifaceted character. So each name that God uses in the Bible is a name to reveal a little bit more about His character to us. For example, Elohim, God reveals to us through that name that He is the powerful Creator. Jehovah, God reveals... Through that name, that he is the self revealing God, the the awesome God in charge of everything. El Shaddai, God reveals that he is the mighty, sufficient one in our lives. And you say, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, time out, time out. Why can't we just use the name God? I mean, that's what I always call him. So why can't we just call him God? Well, you can. That is a, a good name, of course, but it does not paint the picture, a full picture, of who he really is. One name can't possibly contain Him or explain Him. Would you agree with that? You can't explain God with one name. So we have 70 to 80 names for God in the Bible. And each name gives you a different picture, a different perspective of who God is. Each name helps you to understand the character of God. Now, I want you to think about this. By giving us various names, God is demonstrating His desire to be known by us. It's a beautiful thought. By giving us various names, God is showing us the depth that He wants us to come to in our knowledge of Him. Now, near the end of His life, Jesus prayed a very interesting prayer. And it's found in John 17. Would you take God's Word and open God's Word to John 17. We're not going to read the whole prayer. I just want you to, to see how this prayer starts in John 17. He says, Father, the time has come. Glorify your Son that your Son may glorify you. This is near the end of his ministry. This is right before the cross. Jesus is praying to his heavenly Father. And this is what he says. For you granted him authority over all people that he might give eternal life to all who have given, you have given him. Now this is eternal life that, you may know, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I have brought you glory on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. But the verse I want you to focus on is in verse 6. Now, don't even look at it yet because I want to give you verse 6 from the New American Standard version. Verse 6 in the New American Standard says this, I have manifested your name to the men whom you gave me out of the world. Jesus in his last prayer to God says, I have manifested your name to the people of the world. To the people you gave me out of the world. And then in the NIV, if you want to read it from the NIV, Jesus said this, I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. Isn't that interesting? I have made you known. In one translation, I have revealed or I have manifested your name. But what that really means is this, I have made you known. Known. I didn't just tell them your name, but I made you known to them. Now don't, don't miss this. Getting to know God's name is more than just learning a new word or a new title. Learning to know God by His names opens up the door to knowing God more personally. Learning God's names opens, up, opens the door to learning God more powerfully. I have made you known them I told them your name yes but I made you known to them now the goal of this series is really to introduce you to God by introducing you to his names I want to introduce you to God in a fresh way by introducing to you his names Uh, the various names of God reflect the various ways that God relates to us think of it in those terms we have various names for God because it reflects the various ways that God relates to us. For example, God is called Adonai, revealing that He is Lord over our lives. That's how He relates to us. God's also called Jehovah Nissi, a name that you need when you're seeking victory in your life. It's a name that, that reflects the way He relates to us in our times of need. God's also known as Jehovah Rapha. The Lord is your healer. It's a name that some of you maybe need right now. and It's how God relates to you in that time of need, in your health. Je- God's also known as Jehovah Jireh. The Lord is my provider. And there are times when you understand that part of God, that character of God, that God is our provider. You see, the names of God help us to understand the character of God. Tony Evans said it this way. He said, God has a name for every situation we find ourselves in. I like that. God has a name for every situation we find ourselves in. I think really the truth here is that one name by itself could never fully express all that God is or all that God does. One name by itself could never fully tell us everything about the person of God. One name just is not enough. And so my hope in this series is that you will learn how not just to pronounce some new names, but rather you will grasp the nature behind that name. And here's why it matters for your life. I mean, why why does it matter, really, that I know these various names of God? Why would that make a difference in my daily living? Because when you discover the name of God that applies to your situation, you better understand the power of God to deal with that situation. Let me show you this in Scripture. Uh, you're in John. Go over to the left. We're going to use a lot of Scripture today. I hope you're taking notes again to write down some things quickly. But I want you to go to the book of 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel chapter 17. 1 Samuel chapter 17 is a very familiar story probably to a lot of you folks. Uh, and it's the story of David and Goliath. And this, this is one of those stories where you've learned it as a child, but I want you to see something there that maybe you have forgotten in this story. Uh, 1 Samuel chapter 17, we're going to begin in verse 43. Uh, we're picking it up, of course, in the middle of the story. David and Goliath, the giant, are on the battlefield. And it says in verse 43, He, Goliath, said to David, Am I a dog that you would come at me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods, the little g, gods. Come here, he said, David, or Goliath speaking to David. Come here, he said, and I'll give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the fields. David said to the Philistine, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. You come against me with sword and javelin and spear, but I'm standing in front of you in the name of the Lord God Almighty. You see, ladies and gentlemen, David's strength was his reliance on the name of the Lord God. He wasn't facing this nine foot six inch tall giant on his own. He was facing this giant in the power of God's name. Now, it's hard to use a name you don't know. But David knew God in this way. In fact, the reason I know that is because earlier in the text, in chapter 17, Saul is reluctant to let David go out onto the battlefield. And David says to King Saul, I want to tell you something. God delivered me from the paw of the lion, and he delivered me from the paw of the bear. The same God will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. Because David had learned the power of the Lord God Almighty and he knew his name. So if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. To know his name is to experience his nature. To know his name. And I'm not talking about being able to spell it or being able to say it, but to know God in that way. To know his name is to know his nature. Just read your Bibles. Each time when God revealed His name to an individual in the Old Testament, God wasn't saying, watch this, God was not saying, hey, 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 let me tell you a little bit about myself. That's not why God revealed His name to somebody. It was not God saying, let me tell you about myself. It was God saying, let me help you with that. God always revealed His name to somebody in need. God always revealed His name to somebody having a problem. Or God always revealed His name to somebody He was going to challenge to trust Him and to follow Him and to obey Him. And it was always God revealing His nature to that person through the name. Not to say, let me tell you about myself, but let me help you with that. Because I am who you need. And I am what you need. That's the power of God's name. So, in our remaining time, I want to give you three reasons why it's important that you and I know the names of God. It really, is three reasons why we're even going to do this series. Why is it important that you and I know the names, the various names of God? Here's the first reason. We are commanded to honor God's name. It's fascinating when you start doing this study, how many times you see the name of God so prominent throughout the Scripture. Just the references to the name of God. You'll find it in Old and New Testament. You'll find it scattered throughout the Scripture. This idea, the prominence of God's name, the importance of God's name, the power of God's name. And one of the reasons you and I need to learn the names of God is because we're commanded to honor God's name. Do you remember Exodus 20? Exodus 20 is the Ten Commandments. And in the Ten Commandments, there is this verse, Exodus 27. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses His name. Or to put it in a translation that you're more familiar with, it says, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Isn't it interesting that God only gave us Ten Commandments, and one of those commandments was related to His name? Ever thought about that? Ten Commandments. And one of those was related, focused on His name. Now, let me make sure you understand where it says you should not take the name of the Lord God in vain. It's not just referring to using God's name in a profane way as you curse, although certainly it would apply to that. But using God's name in vain is using God's God's name in a way that is inconsistent with His character. When you use God's name in vain, you're using it in a way that is inconsistent with who He is. You're redefining who you want God to be rather than declaring who He really is. When you use God's name in vain, you are using it for your own purposes. Rather, for His purpose. Now, to help you better understand this idea that we are called and commanded to honor God's name, let's flip the coin over. And go to the New Testament. In the Old Testament, it says, do not use God's name in vain. In the New Testament, we see Jesus praying in Matthew 6. And he's teaching the disciples how to pray. And he says, okay, Matthew 6, 9, he says, here's how you pray. Start it this way. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Jesus said, whenever you pray, you need to make sure you are focused on the name of God. You're not talking to your neighbor next door. You are talking to Almighty God. So when you pray, and it is a privilege to go to God in prayer, and when you pray, it is a powerful thing to go to, prayer, to God in prayer, but when you pray, Jesus said, make sure that you hallow God's name. To hallow His name is to treat it as holy and to set it apart from other names. God's names are to be honored. God's names are to be respected. God's name is to be treated treated with reverence. God's names deserve your respect. So Jesus said, so when you pray, you make sure you treat God's name appropriately. Now, if the governor of South Carolina walked into our church today, I, I I doubt that anybody would say, hey Henry, how you doing? If the governor walked in, you probably would say, Hello, Governor McMaster. Welcome to Mount Airy. You see, we would honor his name because of his position. Hey folks, if we would honor his name because of his position, if we do that for our leaders, shouldn't we do that for our God? Shouldn't we honor his name because of his position? Jesus said, when you pray... You be sure to honor God because of His holy name. So in this series, we're going to learn what it means to honor God's name because of who He is. Number two, the second reason you and I need to learn and study the names of God, number two is this, understanding the names of God will enhance your praise and worship of God. Deepening your understanding of who God is will enhance your praise and your worship of God. I want to show you this inscription again. I hope that you have your Bibles. We've got a lot of verses to turn to. I want you to go to the book of Psalms and find Psalm 29. <clears throat> Psalm 29. Psalm 29, beginning verse 1, but I really want to focus on verse 2. Psalm 29 says ascribe to the lord almighty ones ascribe to the lord the to the lord glory and strength and then he says in verse 2 the verse i want you to note ascribe to the lord the glory due his name worship the lord in the splendor of his holiness ascribe to the lord the glory due his name understanding the names of god and knowing god in those ways should lead you to naturally this to, to naturally worship God. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due to His name. You see, the worship of God look up here for a moment. The worship of God is tethered to or tied to our experience with God. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due to His name. And when you understand who God is, when you've experienced who God is, not just that you can spell His name or say His name, but you've experienced that name. You've experienced God in that way in your life. Your personal experience will enhance your personal worship of the God you're praising. So I I really hope that this series will give you a new awe, A-W-E, of God. I really hope it will. That one Sunday or all of the Sundays, you will just simply be in awe of who God is. And let me show you what I mean. You're in Psalms. Find Psalm 8. Psalm 8. In Psalm 8, he talks about this awe of who God is as he worships God. Psalm 8, he says, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. There's, there's not a place on planet earth that you can go and God's name is not majestic there. God's name is majestic in all the earth. Then he goes on to say, you have set your glory above the heavens and from the lips of children and infants you have ordained praise because of your enemies to silence the foe of the avenger. When I consider your heavens, watch this, if you've ever been outside at night, you know that David probably wrote these words After he was outside looking up one night. Because David says, when I consider your heavens and the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you're mindful of him and the son of man that you care for him? You made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. David is overwhelmed with awe. David says, God, I don't understand why you've been as good as you've been to me. God, I don't understand why you would even know me. I don't understand why you would even care about me. This is, if you can do that, why would you be worried about me? He goes on to write these words He says, You've made him, mankind, ruler over the works of your hands and put everything under his feet all flocks and herds and the beasts of the fields and the birds of the air and the of the sea and all that swim in the paths of sea and then he ends that psalm with these words exactly as he said in verse 1 oh Lord our Lord how majestic is your name in all the earth I want to say this to you as kindly as I can but sometimes your worship of God is hard because you do not know his name I don't mean you can't say it but you don't know God in that personal way You haven't experienced his name lately. But God wants you to know him on an intimate level. And one of the reasons he describes himself in various names is because there is a name that meets the need in your life. Which brings me to the third point. Why do we need to study and know the names of God? Number three, God's name provides us with protection in the trials of life. God's name provides us with protection in the trials of life go over one book and find proverbs and go to chapter 18 proverbs 18:10 18, this is one of those verses if you have not marked it in your bible you probably want to highlight this one or underline it proverbs 18 says proverbs 18:10 says the name of the lord is a strong tower the righteous run to it and are safe In other words, there are times when God's name is like a fort for you that provides protection for you as a believer when your life seems to be under attack. There are times when when everything seems to be going wrong and it's it's like the enemy is attacking you. And how do you respond to that as a believer? Well, the Bible says the name of the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous run to it and are safe. Well, how do you do that, Pastor? How do you run to God and find safety and strength? How do you do it? Pray the names of God. Pray the names of God. One of the reasons we need to learn the names of God is so that we can pray those names to Him. So as we study the names of God, we'll become better equipped to face the hardships of life. We'll better be better equipped to face the struggles and the trials of life because we know more than just He is God. He is Jehovah Rapha. Or He is Jehovah Nisi. Or He is Adonai. Or He is El Shaddai. And you can claim those promises as you pray those names. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. But I don't want to close by pointing you to a verse that really is kind of the theme for this whole series. And that's in Psalm 34. Psalm 34. I want to take just a moment here, so walk with me through this, okay? Psalm 34. If you look at the heading, or it's called the superscript... Under Psalm 34, there's this little title that's called a superscript in the Bible. Look at the superscript in Psalm 34. It says, Of David. In other words, David wrote this, these words. David wrote this psalm. And then it says, When he pretended to be insane before Abimelech, who drove him away and he left. Now that's different. David writes this song, this psalm. Out of an experience where he pretended to be insane to protect his own life. That's in 1 Samuel, by the way. I think it's 1 Samuel 17 or chapter 21. I'm going on memory there, but it's definitely in 1 Samuel. But it's out of this experience. In other words, here's the point I'm wanting you to see. David, when he wrote this song, when he wrote this psalm, David was going through a hard time in life. David, when he wrote this psalm, His life was hanging in the balance. When he wrote this psalm, life was so messed up, he was pretending to be insane in order to survive. And in that environment, in that context, he wrote these words. I will extol, the word extol means to bless or to honor or to praise. I will extol the Lord at all times. Not sometimes, not on my good days, and not just on Sundays. But I will extol the Lord at all times, and His praise will... What's that next word, church? Yeah. His praise will always be on my lips. My soul will boast in the Lord. Not in my circumstances, not in who my king is, not in what's going on in my life right now. Not, not in what's happening around me, but my soul will boast in the Lord and let the afflicted hear and rejoice. The afflicted are those who are mistreated. The afflicted are those who are discouraged and defeated. He said, listen, let the afflicted hear and rejoice that you can boast in the Lord in the midst of your, of your trials. Then we come to verse 3, and that's the key verse. This is kind of the theme verse for the whole series. He says, glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt His name together. Oh, I hope you will mark that verse. You will hear it again in this series. Glorify the Lord with me. That phrase, with me, is an important phrase. That phrase indicates that we can experience something together. Glorify the Lord with me. This is something that we can experience together. For example... I can tell you how exciting it is to go to a football game in Nayland Stadium in Knoxville, Tennessee. I can tell you about the hundred and four thousand or hundred and six thousand, whatever it is on that day. I can tell you about the, the excitement and the energy and the atmosphere and the noise and sometimes the team that's good. And you never know if Tennessee anymore, but I, I can tell you all about. I can tell you all about going to a game at Nayland Stadium and how amazing and exciting that is. And you can say that you can sit there shaking your head and smiling and say, "Yeah, that really does sound exciting." But you haven't experienced anything. You've just heard about it. But if you go with me, you can see it for yourself. If you go with me, you can hear it for yourself. If you go with me, it's no longer a second-hand experience. It is a first-hand encounter. David said, magnify the name of the Lord with me. He said, I don't want to be the only voice in the choir. I want you to magnify the name of the Lord with me. I want you to experience this for yourself. I don't want this to be a second-hand experience where you sit there and, and you watch me and you're a spectator in my worship. I want you to magnify the name of the Lord with me. And then he says, let us exalt His name together. What an invitation. Let us exalt His name together. First-hand experience is always better than second-hand knowledge. David was inviting you and me To be more than spectators. David is inviting you and me to experience the God that he knew Elohim, Jehovah, Adonai, Jehovah Jireh, El Shaddai. Those are the names we will be looking at, Lord willing, in the next five Sundays. But this series, listen to me, church, listen to me. This series is not about adding some Hebrew words to your vocabulary. It's about understanding that God wants to be involved in your life in a very personal way. And each of those names that I just mentioned for you is simply evidence that God wants to be involved in your life in a very personal way. This series is about you understanding who God is, but it's also about you responding to who God is. So, glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt His name together. Let's respond to who God is. Let's not just hear about who God is. Let's not just hear about God's names. But glorify the Lord with me. Sunday after Sunday. As we talk about Elohim, glorify the Lord with me. As we talk about Jehovah, glorify the Lord with me. We talk about Adonai, Jehovah-Jireh, El Shaddai. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt His name together. Would you pray with me? Today, God is inviting you to respond to who He is. To Personally respond to who He is. God wants to be personally involved in your life. If you've never trusted Christ as Savior, the greatest name you will ever say is the name Savior or Jesus. That's the name you need today. That's the name that is above all names, the Bible says. Jesus or Savior. Would you call out to that name? Would you say, God, I want to experience you in a very personal way. I declare that I need Jesus. I need that name in my life. I need Him in my life. And I'm trusting in Christ today by faith that He died on the cross for me. He died in my place. And I accept the gift of eternal life and forgiveness by proclaiming His name by faith. Today, Jesus be my Savior. Well, I hope you'll do that today. And some of you, perhaps this is like David, a A hard time, a difficult time, a difficult season in your life. And you're struggling and you're hurting. Maybe right where you are, maybe you you need to acknowledge God, I do need you. I need to know you on a more intimate way, in a more intimate way. I thank you for reminding me that you want to be involved in my life personally. I want to glorify the Lord. I want to exalt His name. Maybe it's been a long time since you've done that, and right where you are, even with a broken heart, just begin to praise Him. Praise Him in your pain? Yes. But praise His name. And let He begin to minister to you. Father, I pray that we would experience You in a very personal, private, and powerful way. You know our needs. So reveal to us in this series, I pray, Your name that we need. That we might experience You in that way. That You won't just be God, but You'll be our Lord, our God. May we know Your name. And may we know You. And I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.